Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another weekly sit-down. Stay tuned for the end where we're going to play some original music by some artists that we like. If you have music that you want to be featured at the end, just email it over to weekly sit-down at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. I want them to eat, but they jealous, but playful. Jealous, but playful. I want you to eat and make your plate up. Why you calling? Just text me. Text, text, text. Time and money, money, expensive. Airplane mode. I'm by myself today. No Joey Toro. No Tolga. No Mark. No Johnny, just Joe, and a guest. I'm having on, his name's Shah, which is pretty cool. He's a hip-hop artist, and I'm reading his bio. I guess I'll just read it to you guys while I read it. It's pretty cool. It's an interesting dude. He's described by Complex Magazine as Trap's newest star. Toronto rapper Shaz found success with his vibrantly catchy music, subtly backed by thought-provoking bars and compelling lyricism. Shaz's latest single, Just Text, has thrived in trend-setting Atlanta clubs like Magic City and on Atlanta radio, becoming the first song by a foreign artist artist to win 107.9 FM's influential Battlegrounds. While Just Text provides the mainstream appeal needed to captivate new fans, its lyrics forego rap cliches in favor of poetic storytelling, reminiscent of rap's golden era. Shah guides listeners through his journey from Toronto to Atlanta, where music industry influencers such as radio personality Greg Street and Cash Money's official DJ Swamp Izzo have embraced Shah. The support of Izzo... Known for launching careers of Gucci Mane, Future, and Young Thug, has allowed Shaw to flourish despite rejecting major label deals, as he looks to become rap's first truly independent international superstar. That's a big deal if he wants to be the first international superstar without... Because Chance, I know Chance the Rapper, he's... uh. He's really well known for for that stuff. And then there's a lot of team backpack guys who don't want to be on a label. It's a lot of competition. I'm sure he can do it. We'll see. He sounds like a pretty cool dude. I just listened to like two of his songs on YouTube. You just, the one that they mentioned, um, just text. It's catchy. It's good. We'll see how it goes. He's going to be calling in in a minute. It's kind of funny, like, not having someone else here. I think, I don't know if I like it or I don't. I think I'm all right with it. I've made my peace. Everyone's busy. While we're talking rap, I'm going to recommend Dedication 6, Little Wayne. I had it on all day today. For like total of probably like I heard the whole thing. It was like sixteen songs. Went through the whole deal. Still got it, man. He um there's metaphors that are just so funny to me. 
no one liked that. No one, he tries to make you laugh, you know? And be like, oh, ah, that was good. Like, rewind that. I'm getting that. If I do that, it's a good sign. That's a A+. Plus. It's 5 out of 5. I feel just like a rock star. Yeah, listen to Fly Away. Um, I forgot the names of them. They're all really good, though. One is Suwu, I think. That's <laughs> why he's the best. There he is. Hello? What's up? Hey. Oh, we're doing a video? Oh, I thought I thought we were doing uh I thought that's why we're we're doing Skype. We can just do a regular call. Yeah, you wanna do a regular audio because they come in better. Yeah, man. let me hang up and call you back. Alright, cool, thanks. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello? Oh, what's up? Hold. The speaker is off. Oh, okay. Let me turn the speaker on. Hello? Yeah, you got me? There we go. Beautiful. I hear you great. Boom. <laughs> How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I haven't used Skype in like uh, a bunch of years. Yeah, so we have to use until I'm like moving across the country all over the place interviewing people. This is what I got to stick with for now, I guess. Why not just use regular phone? I, don't, I can hook up my... Because I have to have it hooked up to the laptop. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. to record through uh, this freaking uh, the board. Yo, Skype, Skype is primed for a comeback. Yeah, you think they're gonna innovate and make something new? I think they, sh I think they should at least make a play for it. Yeah, they need to come up with something, or someone's gonna just buy them and then they'll be gone. They gotta do something. Google will buy them or something like that. Apple. When I logged in, I saw Microsoft. I got, I figured they had made their play. Yeah, see that I, I may be. Yeah, you might be right. It might have happened already. <laughs> um, anything you wanna say before I start recording? Um, no, like I, I heard, I listened to, um, one of the episodes with like, you had the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the girl from MTV, one of those shows. So like, I, I, I got the gist of it laid back conversation. We're yeah. good. All right. Awesome, man. Do you come to New York often or are you ever yes, up here? Like I have my crib. I still have a place on, um, 12th and a, so I'm in New York, like, it sort of depends. Like, there might be a stretch where I'll be there, like, you know, for three times in a month. And then I might go four or five months without being back. So it's kind of sporadic. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I other than the cold, like, outside of January, February, I, I, I try to be back in New York as often as possible. Yeah, stay away from here during the winter. Yeah, those months. Those months. Though I will be back. Uh, I will be back some point in like the first half of january for like a real quick little trip all right good you'll be up here all right so maybe we should just start off by you telling me what like who are you like where your background how you got to where you are now i know you're just you're performing a lot right yep yeah let me know what ha how did it all happen so uh thanks for having me first joe so my name's shah i'm a rapper from toronto 
I've been spending a lot of time in Toronto and New York, and then LA sort of entered the picture. But about a year ago, at the end of 2016, I found out that there was this sort of buzz um, developing around my music in Atlanta. So, you know, Atlanta's the, the rap mecca, and it just happened, me being a big city type of guy, I, I just hadn't been to Atlanta before. You know, I've been through the South, Miami, New Orleans, all that, but I just hadn't been to Atlanta at all for anything ever mm. and landed and it was it was real like this buzz this you know momentum that i didn't even know about was there so i arrived with my team it was myself uh liz who sort of like my agent who sent you that information eddie my engineer producer in new york mm. and mafia my um cinematographer mm. got there and it was like you know a great feeling like hey yo we're popping like shots popping in, in Atlanta. So then what what started the pop? Did you just get your name out there as much as you can get as much music out as possible? No, interestingly, that's not because that that's the general strategy, especially for independent artists who like um, uh, doesn't know like who's not coming from within the industry. You're just sort of pushing things. You're just pushing things online, hoping things will pop on SoundCloud. That's but it. Atlanta, I I guess what it was is that Atlanta embraces new good music. And now it's typically, and now I've seen from like, you know, experience that you, in order to really make a move, you do sort of need to be in Atlanta. But I guess just by being the city that captures good rap music first, they had like, that's what got things bubbling there. So then there's this uh, festival or conference called A3C that happens, um, you know, in like fall of like every fall in Atlanta. So it coincided that it came down here, found out about this buzz, we're like, okay, this is real. And then just sort of ended up staying, just being like, all right, well, shit, Atlanta's got it popping. Atlanta's, as a city, Atlanta has a lot of opportunity. It's just the time is right. So then ended up spending more and more time and then basically just made this home base. Yeah, and yeah. you found like a family kind of like of people because I saw like um, what's his name Izzo Swamp Izzo. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So like one by one, um, beginning with Magic City, some of like sort of the bigger names, like the bigger you know designer names of music of rap music in Atlanta, started getting behind me, showing me the ropes, giving me the cheat codes. So yeah, it went from. Magic City, the first DJ who ever played my stuff, I think in Atlanta, was uh, DJ Outlaw. And he's been, he's like the OG of Magic City. He's been there for, since it started probably, in like the in, like late 80s. Um, mm -hmm. And then JR, uh, DJ, DJ JR Ewing and Outlaw at Magic. And then there's an artist who's been in Atlanta for a minute. He's had a hit out here. He's bubbling. His name is Sean Teasy, Bodega Teasy. He's like a real Atlanta veteran. Mm. So then he started opening doors for me, and that led to to Swamp Izzo, who's like, you know, that's Cash Money's DJ. He's put a lot of people on in Atlanta. And then, um, yeah, and then just can, doors continue to open. So, and, and one thing about Atlanta that's different than the music scene in New York or L.A. is that the people that you want to be, like, the people who can make a difference for you, the people that you want behind you in Atlanta they're out in the open like obviously these people exist in New York and LA and you know in one sense 
there's a lot more sort of high level, high music industry level people in New York and LA, but it's sort of, you know, it's in the boardroom. It's, it's not out in the mm -hmm. open in, in Atlanta. It's the DJ at the DJ booth. It's, it's, it's whoever's partying that night. So it's just the city where you can really like grind and you can hustle your way into success in a way that's not, you know, there's just not that opportunity in other places. Yeah. Like they're easily accessible. You don't have to be going through like publicists and stuff. You're going straight to the guy. There you go. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. See, like I'm a casual. I actually I would think I'm above casual and like how much rap and hip hop I listen to. But I right. don't. But these names like Swamp Izzo and Magic City, like I had no clue like how big they are and what they've done. You know, like their names don't really get out there. It's really like Future, Gucci Mane, and Young Thug. Like those are the names we know. You know. It's, yeah. They, they don't no, get no, the that's credit. Totally right. <laughs> that's totally right. The infrastructure, like the the. The infrastructure that allows artists to to win and succeed for whatever reason, like in Atlanta, in Atlanta, the significance of, you know, Magic City and Swamp and these like coalition DJs that's known. And probably even like I would say in the southeast, like in Miami, like Swamp was the first person to take me to Miami as an artist. And that introduction was very big, like it made a big difference. But definitely like the rest of the country, the infrastructure that allows rap rappers to flourish producers to flourish even like people in the industry like you can make your name as an a and r in atlanta but those behind the scenes people aren't you know celebrities in their own right for for whatever reason there is also a disconnect between like you know like i'm sure migos and future are popping in new york but like you know new york still has its own taste and la definitely has its own taste so what's hot in atlanta like you know it is the dominant rap city but it's not a hundred percent copy and paste like there's a rapper out here lucci that to me should be you know one of the five biggest rappers one of the five biggest yeah. household names in this genre who just hasn't you know become one of those top five big names in la or new york so it's not a hundred percent that what's happening in atlanta um bursts as loud in the other cities but definitely you're right in the infrastructure no, that's more of like a, a local thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like the, maybe they don't want the credit is what I'm thinking. Maybe they don't care about being the big name. They just they're in it for making the money and growing the business. I remember that's a real good question. I remember asking Swamp one time. So like so. So when Swamp, when Swamp Izzo got behind me, that was probably the biggest like single individual move where I could feel the like. Uh, impact of that like even bigger than like releasing a single it was like oh oh swamp behind <laughs> Shaw that op they started opening things up and then you know then he's like he's like all right we're gonna go to Miami so he took me to Miami and then one time I asked him and I didn't know some of the people that he had been dealing with like some of the people that he had put on before because it happened like some of these he's been doing this for a long time so some of these like more than 10 years ago but when it clicked what was happening like oh I'm with the I'm with Swamp like I'm with the guy that I need to be with for my career. I remember asking him like I'm like yo why are you like why are you doing this like why are you like helping me basically? Mm -hmm. And you know and he he actually explained he's like well Teezy doesn't ask me for a lot. Sean Teezy another rapper in Atlanta he's like Sean Teezy doesn't ask me for anything. I've known him for years. I do business with him. <laughs> he's never asked me for anything. And Teezy said yo, get behind Shah. Shah's going to make it. Get behind Shah. I don't ask you for nothing. Do this. Wow, that's so a big endorsement, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was a big endorsement. 
And then I'm like, all right, well then what do you want from me? Like, what do you need from me? Cause like, this is, there's no paperwork with me and Swamp. It's just like, he's just doing it. We're just doing this. Wow. So I'm like, all right, well, what do you need? Like, what do, like, how do we make this equal? Um, and then he's like, he's like, just keep putting out the music, just keep putting out the music. So you're right in that for them, the payoff is not the fame for Swamp specifically. It's the, you know, it's for Swamp specifically, it's putting out, it's letting the artists who deserve to shine, like helping them flourish. That's what it is for Swamp. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting phenomenon. Like, especially oh, yeah. when you compare it out to LA when it's like, all right, like mm-hmm. everything, catch that. everything's in writing there, you know, like that's, that's incredible to me that he doesn't, you guys have nothing in writing. You guys are just chilling like your family, basically like right, helping each other exactly. out. Exactly. Because even in New York, in, even in the streets, it's understood this like, well, we, like so, at some point this has to go on paper. Mm-hmm. But in Atlanta, it's, you know, it's the vibe can really take you a lot. The vibe can mean a lot more like, you know, you compare New York and L.A., the vibe in L.A. versus the hustle in New York. That's like a understood sort of difference. Yeah. But but in Atlanta, people are still grinding. It's not like L.A. where it's people are, you know doing yoga and living healthy and, you know, <laughs> eating vegetarian. Vegan, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so people are obviously still here grinding, you know, no one hustles as fast as like you do in New York, but, but there, but the vibe is a lot more present and does mean a lot more. So, and like, that's an example of it, you know? Yeah. I hear you. How, how would you compare the rap scene in, you know, compared from even Toronto, New York, LA, Atlanta, the rap scenes of New York, Atlanta, Toronto, LA. So, um, I mean, Atlanta's definitely the hottest in terms of producing the most artists, artists just having a lot of talent and the city embracing it. So, you know, like, so being, so like, if we go back maybe a year and a half ago, where it's like, okay, I'm an emerging rapper and being an emerging rapper in Atlanta still gives you a lot of sort of clout prestige. It feels good. Someone, you know, like we dress a certain way. I, I dress pretty loud. So someone sees me and they're like, Oh, are you a rapper? You an artist? You a rapper? What's up, man? Yo, good luck, man. Do your thing. And, and there's like this respect and there's like appreciation, even if someone doesn't know who you are. Whereas in Toronto, New York, LA, like uh, an emerging rapper, that's, that's almost like an insult and it it's very tough it's very tough to be um an emerging rapper and and you can almost say emerging artist in any like form i can see that being tough but especially for a rapper there's just not that you know prestige there's just not that like uh, appreciation so that's one thing that allows for atlanta to to pop um that like yeah it sets the environment that facilitates, you know, artists popping. You don't worry Um, about like looking over your shoulder and like, you know, no one's trying to fuck you over basically like in LA, like you might be expecting that to happen. (laughs) There, there are people trying to fuck you over at the sort of ground level in Atlanta. So it's like, Oh, you're a, and and it's a much, I guess you could say it's a much smoother, like fucking over. So out here it's like, (laughs) it's, it's like finesse game. Right. So, 
in so like in LA, someone's gonna try to rip you off on that contract and just hope you don't do your due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully he doesn't take this to an attorney. In Atlanta, there's way more hustlers on their like, you know, finesse game or on their slime game that are going to try to take you. But I guess coming from Toronto, New York, you can see that shit coming from a mile away. So mm -hmm. for a smart guy, it's like you're not gonna get <clears throat> you're not gonna get like <clears throat> slowed down by like that mm -hmm. yeah you're not gonna get slowed down by that so you don't have to look over your shoulder yeah where an atlanta rapper does need to look over their shoulder more than a new york or toronto or especially a toronto or la rapper is 90 probably 90 percent, maybe 95 percent of atlanta rappers their dough is coming from the trap so there are they are in the streets, which means that you need to look over your shoulder in terms of like turf, in terms of the feds, in terms of what do you, just what do you mean like trap? Is that that's like selling drugs? Yeah, pretty yeah. much like like selling something like something that's not like on the books. You know what I mean? Something mm -hmm. where like you're it, it's it's street money. You know? Oh, okay. Wow. Something that you so, some, something that you can't sell in the store, basically. So, so you know, like these are, rap songs are true. Like when Ti is saying, like he used to sell all this shit, he was telling the truth. Oh man, <laughs> that, I mean, because I had that same revel, I had that same sort of realization. Because now, because now to me, there's no authenticity left in the rap game. Like, because you know, I'm I'm I grew up listening to you know like that like the gangster rap era where you couldn't fake that shit. Or if you did and you got exposed, it's game over for you. Oh, yeah. And I and I assumed, especially when, like, melodic rap, like, rappers singing, um, like or street rappers singing started to come out, I'm like, well, there's no way these guys are actually talking. Like, there's no way this is the life that they live. But you get down here and, oh, hell yeah. Jeezy, wow. T.I., Gucci, oh, hell yeah, these guys are in the trap. And then, <laughs> like, they had to trap their way to success because... And and these current guys, like all these current guys, which it is a bit like, what's the word? Um, it's counterintuitive because you see rappers that are, you know, like dressed in the dressed in like very flamboyant colors and, you know, not big guys. But these guys are in the trap. These guys are in the streets for sure. A hundred percent. So like nationally, you can. I'm sure there are rappers who, like, I, I can think of rappers who are successful, not from Atlanta, who are clearly, you know, just, it, it's clearly fiction when they're talking about their street life. But in Atlanta, you couldn't do that because in Atlanta, someone would expose you. Someone would be like, nah, man, what are you talking about? This is not real. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so in Atlanta, like, a rapper in general does sort of need to look over their shoulder. Uh, now, I've had the luxury of, like, one that's, that's like, you know, that's just something that I don't need to worry about. But also not having been born and raised in Atlanta, there's I'm not coming with any baggage. I don't have any like, oh, well, my friend's friend is his enemy. So mm -hmm. so I don't have to worry about that. And now and and the thing about the rap game, I guess, is that in this beginning stage, like from like getting to the point where you're a household name, it requires creating exposure and generally that's going to cost time and money so that's the reason there's so much street money in the rap game is because this shit is expensive 
at the beginning. Now you can go with a label for sure, but even to get to the point where the label, you have the label's attention. Like I had to make a lot of noise before labels started coming for me. And that stuff is not like, you know, to get there, you know, there's, you know, people go viral and people have like friends or whatever, your family, but in general, this shit is expensive. So um, for one reason or another, rappers in general do need to be looking over their shoulder because they have something that someone wants. Now in Toronto and LA, I would say there's not as much, like it's not as high of a percentage of rappers that are coming with street money. There might be a little bit more of that, like someone went viral or someone's managing you or you know someone. Yeah. And in New York, it's I would say it's somewhere in between the two. So there's still a lot of like people coming like with that street money, but then there are people who, like I don't think Designer was in the streets like that and his hit was like a smash and like that was because of New York. Like New York got that one bubbling and Kanye took it to another level but one really good the best thing i would say about new york the new york scene is that it is tough to get your name up in new york because there's so much competition yeah but once you get past your borough and you're sort of hot in new york then new york will support you because new york wants to be on top and it does have that pride so it's like okay shit we got we have a a cardi we have a young ma we have a designer we have a a Mims, whoever it is, we have a Bobby Shmurda. Sure, let's 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 get behind them. Let's make noise for them. So that's the best part for like a New York rapper. It's like, ah, right, you really do have to put in that work, pay your dues. Um, but once you do, then you have like you know, the the main city in the world behind you. Yeah, it's like a tipping point. You get to. It's like, all right, you get to this part of the peak of the mountain then we'll we got you from there you have to get up there climb your you do have to get up there yeah for new york you do have to get up there and it and it would be daunting um it would be daunting when like the last time i was like really in new york i didn't even realize that there is this sort of like circuit you could work your way up through of like you know performance and shows and it's like you know it's, it's real like grimy rap that it has it's not battle rap but it has sort of like that feel like like very no, like you're not you like know, singing songs with choruses you know like you're exactly exactly you know. or or if you or yeah pretty much like mixtape yeah, it's like a street it's still street music you know yeah yeah probably not gonna be a lot of girls at, the, at those shows <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah i just think of the eight mile scene you know where they're all jumping up and down exactly <laughs> so so not not all the way like that but like yeah. you know closer to that than a regular concert for sure so so that scene does exist so like I know a couple guys who've like, you know, done their thing. Uh, the squad is called Louder, um, Conflict, and Cash Sinatra are a couple rappers out there you can look out for who've, you know, done their thing. And now, like, I see Cash Sinatra, like, you know, doing doing radio things, doing heading out of state. So you can just through hard work and um, and a game plan work your way out of New York. But it's tough. It it, it will be tough. Yeah. So before you mentioned like you you had like record labels trying to sign you and yeah, you yeah. didn't accept anything, right? No, I haven't accepted anything and it's kind of like straightforward right now um for me at least because it's like okay the labels in general like there used to be this thing which is now sort of like ancient history. There used to be this like um a, a label would sign you based on your potential. So, okay, they could see the star, they could turn you into a star, 
or or it's a blank canvas and they're going to mold you into whatever. And now the labels, and it's been like this for a while now, the labels are going to make the artist do the work, prove to us that you can do these numbers, bring the numbers, bring the fans. That And that, that's sort of been the most recent change. Like before it was like, okay, putting these metrics in place to show that this guy's numbers are on the come up and he will succeed. And this may be like up until a couple years ago. And now it's like, well, you just need to bring the platform. You basically need to have succeeded. Like you need to have attained a lot of success in order for the label to, to sign you. So what that means is that on your come up, like while you're working your way up, the value that you're going to get from a label is not going to be full price. You'll get full price once you're a household name. So like say you renegotiate a deal or you sign a new deal because your old one ran out. That's when it's the time to do business with the label or get into a partnership with a label or some other you know source of dough. Yeah. But at the beginning, to give away ownership for you know a, a relatively small injection of cash, like some like you know low six-figure type of injection of cash, it's it's a decision that is one that like it's just not for me, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's what they rip on Lil Yachty for, right? Because he took like a 360 deal and took like, he makes like nothing really, they said, or something. Something Yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. I don't know the details of Yachty's deal, but then if you look at it from the label's perspective, like take, so, so in Atlanta, there's basically there's like the main way of coming up in Atlanta, which is like, you know, through the strip clubs and it's, street money bring you to the strip clubs and working your way up from there and from the strip the strip clubs is like that's the ears to the street so it's make your street money get to the strip club the streets are fucking with you the streets are fucking with you the djs now are going to get behind you and that's basically the way to the way that most of the atlanta rappers you heard of have done it the other way is like through this good guy route um of like uh, open mics and these sorts of shows and it's tough to do it's tough to do. I, I, I don't know anyone who made it all the way just doing that but that's the other route so Yadi got scooped up super early so he didn't really have to put in that work he was I like I, I've been told he was doing a little bit of the good guy those good guy shows but he definitely didn't create his own wave um, it was the uh, coach K and them quality control who really got it popping for, for Yachty. So then you look at it from that perspective and it's like, all right, well, they took a talent, which is abundant in Atlanta and, and together they made it pop. So then it's like, what do you pop without that label? So then you can't fault the label for trying to get theirs. And then for a certain artist, that's the sacrifice that they got, that they might have to make. They might be like, well, there are these big, upfront costs and how am i going to get that dough i don't know so maybe it is worth just signing everything away for a little while get my name up become a celebrity and then when it's time to renegotiate or or when it's time to sign a new deal then you can get full price you know what i mean yeah yeah and you i guess you're feeling comfortable right now where you don't need to do that luckily Uh, yeah i guess i guess it's the realization that um because the, the other part of it is that even when you sign a deal with a label, it doesn't like 
it doesn't it doesn't mean you're mean, set like you're yeah you're not right. set yeah like you can't be like all right i made it you know you have to yeah keep working. right right exactly because there's still work to do so you might not be a priority you might yeah i mean you, you might not be a priority. it's not like uh it's not like a, a magic trick just happened that all right now you're going to be blown up because they still need to put the resources behind you yeah. and then well, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like those resources still need to be behind you. So then really what a record deal does is two things. It's basically like a loan and it is, which alone I don't need. Like I can go and I can put together money. Now it's nice to have all that in like one lump sum that you can pay back through your successes. The other thing that the, that the label does provide, which is, you know, I guess more, valuable at least someone like me is the knowledge and the context because the music industry a lot of this a lot of this is like hidden a lot of the the of what it takes to pop is you know kept a secret for good reason because if everyone knows and everyone can become a star if the labels can hold these things secret like how do you get on a spotify playlist or or how do you get on the radio or mm. you know um how do you do your first tour if all these things are kept secret so a regular you know artist on their come up can't figure this stuff out then they're sort of they've got a lock on becoming a celebrity you know as an artist i think so the, i think those secrets are kind of getting out now because a lot of people are taking the independent route you know like chance and you know russ i'm sure they uh they don't sign the labels either and I think it's just because of social media, because they realize that they can have they have their own powerful platform like on their cell phone where they can really get their name out. So that's exactly so. Yeah. So so that that's 100 percent right. So like one, those secrets are getting out. And then two, like and I guess it's even more important. It's it's that it's the concept that, well, those secrets like how to get on radio, for instance, it's like it's just. You could look at it like it's less important or I guess more accurately, you could be like, well, there there are other roads now that aren't uh, that just by their nature. It's not really a secret, like which is talking directly to fans through social media. And then once people realize that once, you know, once the like once the labels or once the platforms realize the power that they have, then over time, you know, like things happen to sort of close those opportunities as well but there's definitely way more opportunity for for independent artists today now I, you might be familiar with like this concept which is starting to get out there now which is labels signing an artist and then just continuing with the facade of them being independent because that speaks to mm -hmm. that it speaks to fans more so that's something that that's happened so like you know i think the other day joe budden was calling out chance on not really being independent and then i'm not sure like i don't know the details of that Cause, like i wow. i know from news and from like you know gossip okay chance is an independent rapper not gossip but, like it's just like you know hearsay yep yeah chance like that's what i think exactly that's how i think but wow that's so, pretty amazing yeah so I don't, I don't know the details of of, of of chance's situation so like i but i do know that russ is like i do know that so another DJ, similar to Swamp, who's shown me a lot of love, like took me out to Miami, he's taken me out on the road, is Calvin, Calvin the coordinator. He's been he's been putting in the work in Atlanta for a long time. So he's been with um 
Oomp Camp, which did, um, what was their big song? Uh, I can't remember, but it, it was from like more than 10 years ago. But he was he's with um, Andre 3000. That's his boy. So he had his little thing with Outkast. Yeah. And now I guess he's like one of Russ's DJs. I know when Russ is going to Europe at the beginning of the 2018, then Calvin's like his DJ for Europe. So, um, wow. so I know from directly from Calvin that, yeah, like Russ really put in the work. Um, and it was the internet actually, it was them figuring out where do they have fans? So they put out a song and be like, where do they have fans? And they sort of go there. So it wasn't, it wasn't even Atlanta that got it popping for Russ in the first place. So he is in, he's a great example of someone that, um, did it sort of, like independently like genuinely independently you know yeah if i ever found out that russ like was one of these facade rappers i would just be i wouldn't know what to believe anymore because he has this song called exposed i don't know if you ever heard that i think i have yeah i think i think my photographer yeah played that for me and and broke it down yeah yeah one of the lines is part of the chorus it goes um i have produced 11 album uh I made 11 albums produced by Russ, mixed, mastered, engineered, produced by Russ. And, and he was saying that they were all horrible, and he, he's been doing this for years before he actually started popping. But now we know his name, and, and he exposed pretty much all those rappers that you were explaining. And I didn't know Chance was one of them, but, or could be one of them. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing, like, uh, I guess you, you, I'm sure you know DJ Academics, who's like, you know, one of the... Uh... How, how would you describe them? Like rumor starters of the day or something like that. So I saw I, was, I saw an interview on the that, that Joe Budden show with academics where he was trying to press Russ into commenting on uh, Chance the Rapper situation. So in the, the term the term is industry plant. It's like when it's someone who you know has everything just sort of set for them through the record label or through who they know. So there was something there that I didn't really understand, but it was sort of, you know, academics. It looked like he was trying to, like, you know, pull Russ into commenting on mm-hmm. uh, Chance being an industry plant. And so I don't know about that, but I know that Russ is not an industry plant. And <laughs> he put in the work. And he really is um, – um, he should be inspiration for – any artist who really is like philosophically opposed to doing anything like with a with a record label you know yeah i hear you definitely i respect it so much if you can make it by yourself without a label and even more if i i would rather be out and known that i'm i have a record behind me a record label behind me than hiding from it and pretending that i don't i'd rather just be the other way around yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. No, because I mean that that's that's definitely the mentality that was normal. Like 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 there, you probably have rappers lying about, oh, I did sign a record deal when you didn't because that would provide clout, you know. And that yeah. that still might hold true, but but um, that's funny. Yeah, the good news is that there are absolutely more ways of doing it that don't need a record a record deal. And Russ is one example, and and Chance must be like. Whatever, whoever is backing Chance, I'm sure that there is something that is independent about Chance. So Chance is another like shining example, and he's obviously really crushing it out oh. there. And then you know, and then I'm another example out here who, you know, came to a new city and got embraced and got launched off, and and doesn't have any 
you know, industry support. There's no strings attached whatsoever. Yeah, I found, I, I was looking at your YouTube channel. Um, it's the last song was like seven months ago. Is there like anything else you post on any other platforms? Uh, in terms of videos, so video is like a unique thing. So because mm-hmm. now video is actually another thing you asked earlier. What like why was I popping in Atlanta without even being here? My music videos was actually another thing. So in yeah, New York. My bad. York, one, one second. My bad. I just have to say, like, your videos look very professionally made too. Like they're they look like music videos you'd see on television. So yeah, like I want to know how that happened too. So so there you go. So so that exact sentiment was what was there in Atlanta and in Atlanta they're like well shit he must be signed he must be popping when they when people saw my music videos I guess in LA and New York because there's so much media there the ability to produce like you know epic you know six seven figure looking music videos is not as rare as it is in Atlanta so it didn't like have it didn't pack that same punch Anyone who has seen the music videos and knows about the series um, is impressed with that. And I guess I've just been blessed in that the people who do video on my team are just like the dopest <laughs> people that, you know, an yeah. independent rapper can find. Like, so I've been blessed to find people who like really believe in me. I'm like, all right, Shaw, we're going to do this. Like, you know, yeah, this is like the videos are the video, if, if everything was just paid for, these are like six-figure videos that everyone's just doing because they believe in the project, which it's, it's tough to do that. It's tough to like assemble that sort of team and that sort of like movement. But so that's how the video, that, that's how I have such powerful videos and such a strong look. It's that, so my shooter, Mafia Da Vinci, the producer, uh, video producer is Liz Cleveland, who also like handles like a lot of the communication. Um, and then I just... Like I come up with a lot of the ideas and take care of a lot of the direction, but there's people like we have Mikhail who's um, now doing now doing a show for MTV in India who came in and would help with the storylines. There's like all sorts of people who get involved um, with this series and you know make it a real art form. So that's that's how that's how the videos got popping. Um, you got to hold on to those guys, man. They they know what they're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, the video team is real dope because, yeah, the video team is real dope and it's real loyal on some, like, old school rap shit because, like, I know that other, you know, like, labels, other artists have approached my team like, yo, can you do something like that for us? Mm-hmm. And basically it's like, nah, like, we just, we, <laughs> like, you know, like. yeah. When and when they give the full price, like I, like you know, I haven't been in on those conversations, but I, I know I've said before. I'm like, well, you could, like, why don't you just say the full price? You know, like just tell them like whatever. Like, you know, it's not like this is a monopoly and you can only fuck with me. And then, but but then I know that it just it would just become unaffordable at that point. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. That's true family right there. Yeah, right. And like you said, you got you got you got to hang on. You got to hang on and like hold on to these people. And that and that's another part of this industry that's like real critical that i didn't know before like you and you probably experienced it with media like on on your side of things but i really didn't know or think about this you know earlier on and it's it's really about building relationships because someone can help you to the quick win but you know longevity is is 
is what is going to give you a career as opposed to one hit. So it's really about building relationships. And then it's tough for a rapper who didn't do everything in their own city. Meaning, so me, I'm a rapper who's like, Atlanta's making it happen for me, not Toronto. It's tough for that sort of rapper to be able to build with a team because you're meeting these people, you know, not at age seven or eight or 13. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you're meeting people, them late. and Yeah, exactly. You're meeting them like as, as an adult. It's like, it's tough to kind of just believe in someone and, and get behind them. But so I was blessed to have that happen. So so that's why the videos are so dope. Now, to, actually, to answer your question about like, what, what are the other videos? So yeah, so we've shot a lot of videos now that are just sort of like, um, that I'm holding in the chamber for the right moment. But another thing about um, music videos is that right now we're living in like, you know, like the era of like very, like super short attention spans that are only getting shorter. <laughs> oh yeah. So, e so even a three or four minute music video, even a two minute music video right now, it's not built for the attention spans of today. So it's sort of like now when when I'm at the point where I have um, a fan base of 100 million or 250 million people, you know, across America and the world, and then I put out the video and then everyone is going to be waiting for that video, then for sure, then we can like my art can be my visual art, especially can be a lot more prolific. Yeah. But Right now, you're, we're sort of playing the game, like I mentioned earlier, where it's like you sort of need to push for the exposure you get. You sort of need to like, however it is, through through relationships, through paying for the exposure, through going viral, or through like sweating it out um, and grinding. You need to, you know, create your own audience. And then the amount of work that goes into a music video is just like it's it's almost sad to say but it's just not worth it and what is worth it is putting things that will cap capture someone's attention in that moment and that's sort of like the formula that artists should be looking at right like growing artists should be looking at it's like all right what's gonna like out of all the shit that i like to do all the shit that i am drawn to doing this is the art that i love you gotta at the beginning pick put the pieces out that will slap right away yeah. And that's sort of that, that's the reason why music videos right now we're just like holding on to yeah. them, and you know. No, I feel you. Yeah, you're looking for the time to pounce. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like every artist should definitely, I believe, put out like you got to be authentic. You got to be genuine, especially in the rap game. People can like people can sense fake from you know from miles and miles away. Oh, yeah. So sure. so you want to play that game, then you know you're gonna have to do something different I, I i don't even know what someone who's trying to like fake it could do in this game um but within the realm of being authentic and being like genuine to your craft like only putting out shit that you think is dope you still have to be strategic in the order you know yeah the what time when what part of the year i guess you're saying there like, you go yeah, yeah what but what part of the year for sure what yeah. part of the year yeah um and then like what part of where, where you are in your career. Yeah. When it's, yeah, man. And do you, do you decide that solely or like, I guess you guys just all talk together and you decide what you think's the best time to put stuff out. 
That's a real good question. Actually, I don't think anyone's asked me that before. So I don't have that classic manager um, that, yeah, I don't, I don't have that, that, that classic manager who um, basically makes the decisions. Being a smart guy, I have the ability to like make a lot of decisions on my own, but now I'm in the part now, like I'm, I'm, and, and for, for a while now, I'll be, every move I make is going to be new ground. So I'm making these decisions without experience. So I am, my nature is, I am someone who like seeks advice and seeks knowledge and what's the right way to do this. And, you know, that can slow you down a little bit, but ultimately I feel like it ends, it ends up with making better informed decisions. So I'll talk to Swamp, I'll talk to TZ, I'll talk to like, I have a lot of DJs I can talk to. And right now it's probably like Calvin is probably like one of my go-to guys. I also have um, my hitter Ellis in Toronto who he's, he's definitely the closest thing that there is to that classic manager. And it's, it's a challenge because he's in Toronto and I'm in, you know, I'm out here, but those sorts of decisions are definitely um, something that I'm not making alone independent. Like the artistic decisions are ones that, yeah, like I don't necessarily need another brain to weigh in, mm -hmm. but Things like that, like a good example is um, one of the reasons that people in Atlanta really are excited by me is they see like the long term big picture potential for me. Like they see me being like going beyond trap music. And it's like, all right, some, like some people see me somewhere between like a, a Drake and a Bruno Mars yeah, in was, terms of like my I, like, you know, like five, seven years from now. I was going to mention Drake. So obviously, like you're both from Toronto, like you guys ever run into each other or anything like that? Well, because I haven't been in Toronto in a minute. Um, like I, 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 I was at the uh, the last time that I would have bumped into him, I think, was the uh, all star game in Toronto like two years ago now. OK. Yeah. About two years ago. Yeah. So and 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 no, like I don't, I like I don't know Drake like that. I'm, I I haven't worked with him on any music or anything like that. But yeah, people see the similarities. I don't think so much in terms of the sound, or even in Toronto, like even in Atlanta. I think I've sort of been like people just now assume that I'm from Atlanta, or or maybe some some people assume I'm from New York. But mm -hmm. regardless, people don't see me like as a, a an outsider, a foreigner, the way that they might see Drake in Atlanta. So it's not so much the um, Toronto or the music, but it's just like the, the potential, like of, you know, the, the, the genre of music, like the, 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 and the size of the audience. So that being said, it's like that excitement and that, I guess, path of that sort of artist, it could lead to a strategy. You could easily like take a strategy of just releasing single after single after single. I mean, you don't really need to release an album. No. At least until after you've popped and become a household name, right? Yeah. So I had accepted that, and that that was like sort of like you know good news, and that it makes things easier. Like I, I I'm I'm steady making music, and I have a catalog of songs that you know can make albums, but only needing to work singles. It just you know it's 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 less to do. But then in Atlanta, the streets ended up embracing me, and then being embraced by the streets, it's like. I could just flip that buzz. It's like, okay, Shaw's buzzing in Atlanta, and now let's 
you know, New York knows that Atlanta's got the sauce. So now I could just hire a publicist and have that publicist work Shaw's Atlanta success into New York success. Mm-hmm. Maybe take that over to LA, you know, invest a little bit in a publicist and work New York, LA, and then pop, you know, get lucky and maybe pop within six months. But then to be real, to be genuine, it's like, well, the streets embrace me. The streets are the, of Atlanta are like the reason I got this buzz. It's like, all right, I got to feed the streets. I got to like give them. Give back. I gotta, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then it's easy. Giving back is not doing anything. It's not like, you know, it's not doing any dirty work. It's just giving them music, but giving them a body of work, which is like a mixtape, you know? So you, then, so we can, like, are you on Dat Piff? Like we could check you out on there. So that's, and so that's what's happening. So yeah, so, so I'm dropping, I'm dropping like a real like street tape that'll be on that piff, my mixtape, live mixtapes and uh, Spinrilla um, in about, I'm not, I'll, I'll send you that. It's about, it's about 10 days. So I'll send you that information. Nice, dude. um, Yeah. So then, but that is a, that is a decision that needed to like, Swamp actually called me and he's like, all right, dog, you need to put out a tape for the streets. And then one of my like one of my most trusted, like, you know, street homies here in Atlanta said the same thing. It was actually um, at the same within like two minutes. Mm -hmm. JJ said this to me. He's like, all right, man. He's like, yo, the streets You need to feed the streets. You got to give him a tape. And then Swamp called me, you know, like 100 seconds later um, saying, all right, so it's time. It's time to give him something. So now it's like, okay, okay. I, I just wouldn't have thought to do that. You know, that wouldn't even occurred to my occurred to me. Like, just put out a mixtape that you're not gonna make any money off of. You you are not going to like do a music video for. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna work this. It it might only be regional. Like this, this is really for Atlanta, Georgia, and maybe the southeast. Like you might not even try to have like your hometown hear this you know yeah yeah i hear you it's it's good that you got people around you like that that who do do think of those things you know like that i think i think you need to i think i think that you need to like i i think that uh there's just so much to know that if you were just doing it on your own i I don't i i think that if you just put out music on the internet and didn't think about it i don't know if it would work Oh, yeah, dude. It's the same thing that in pretty much any industry like I'm working on. I made this. We just got this cartoon going for Cartoon Network. But there is you got a you got a cartoon. What a cartoon that we I wrote a cartoon with two other people. Okay, okay, got it. And we're going to get on Cartoon Network in March. But well, hopefully, but we're getting together the whole pilot right now. But like there's not just writers. There's you got to have voiceover actors. You got to have the animation studio. You got to have the music like it's, you, you know, it all has to come together. You got to find the right people. And I, so like you had to assemble that whole team in order to get the show picked up. Or you're, or you're saying like now that the show's gotten picked up. Now you're seeing all this shit that you got to do. Exactly. I got to see all this other work that goes into it. I just wrote it with two other people randomly. Like when we, we were like, let's just write this. And then we got into it. And then an animation studio had this idea for the cartoon, and they actually created characters, but they just said they had no writers. So we got we got the whole pilot written, and now we're just we're, we're going to make the pilot with all the music and stuff. So when we go to Netflix and Cartoon Network in March, we have like the whole pilot ready to go. 
but it's definitely it's not 100 percent picked up yet but but that's dope yeah. though that's dope that like the pilot got picked up that's dope that like the doors open for you so you're yeah. saying that there was this existing network that wanted to do the exact same idea that you came up with like they had already been waiting for it it was really similar it was it was really similar like along the same lines got it got it and got it it was so weird how you say like how you meet people we just met this guy in the gym and he ended up being this animation studio guy and and we wrote the cartoon with him and then it's just really cool like like you were mentioning like it's all about the people you meet and making connections yeah right and that sounds like some like some real new york shit where it's like oh hey i just bumped into this person who you know what i mean yeah like, the gym <laughs> exactly exactly i mean in in atlanta that's that's what the rap world is like but it's still sort of like you like i know that i'm going to magic city and i'm gonna go to the dj booth and i'm gonna you know build with this person but in new york you just have these moments where you know on the train or like like getting a coffee or at the bar, you know, like you, you oh, meet yeah. someone who can change your life's path. Like that's, that's some real New York shit. right So there. much, so much business goes down when there's off working hours, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like, like drinking, like drinking tequila soda at the bar in New York is where like, you know, billions of dollars every day are being, you know, exchanged. Created. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that shit. I love like, like there, there was, I remember a time where it's like, I came back to New York, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe, maybe like things were definitely popping in Atlanta, but it was a, 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 a moment where it was like, well, what do we do next? It was like, I don't want to sign. I don't want to sign a label. I don't want to sign a deal right now because like what I mentioned before, it's like, well, it's not a guarantee. Um, and the money is not like, so now say someone, say a label came early in a career, I was like, all right, here's $7 million. Then I know that with seven million, a $7 million loan, I know that I have more than enough firepower to buy the exposure that I need to, to blow up. Like given that, because I know I also don't have the talent, right? Yeah. But given that right now you're not getting those, those million dollar deals, every step forward without having that experienced manager, it's sort of like, okay, shit, now what do we do? Oh, okay, now what do we do? So there was like, you know, there was some big win. I forget what it was. I think maybe the song started getting like radio players or something started happening and it was moving. And I had to be in New York. And then just from like, you know, three or four or five days in New York, being back at the crib, being like, you know, I, I live in the Lower East Side. Like now I live in the Lower East Side. And just that shit happening. That like, all right, those evenings turning into nights at the bar meeting. Oh, this person is at you know, over here, this person's at YouTube, this person's at Spotify. Oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I know DJ Premier. He's, that's my boy. He's coming here tonight. Those sorts of things all just happening naturally. It was like, well, shit, like, should I just drop everything and just come back to New York and just do this? Like, just go to the bar, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, every night you start, then yeah, you develop a drinking problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the plan. Right. I'll just go out and then, you know, do this and then, like, so that's some dope, dope, dope New York shit. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So I wanted to say, so the song you were talking about last year that got big was Just Text on Atlanta Radio? Uh, Just Text started this year, yeah. So like, I, I guess my first official release, the first song that I ever like really like got distributed, all that shit was last year, uh, May, Rookie Card. The song that was popping in Atlanta um, when I arrived was called Payday. 
Um, but just text was, yeah. So we put that out in the summer of this year, like locally in Atlanta and it started to do its thing. And now, you know, this, this is looking like this is going to be the song that's going to like, um, do it for me. And, and we're still at the relatively early stages, which is like another thing that I've learned that the process of a song blowing up is, I mean, best case scenario is shit goes viral on the internet. It gets, it happens real quick, but, um, in reality, there still is this like geographical component to a song being pushed, especially for a new artist, especially like the, the artist's first hit, where it's going to begin local and it's going to be sort of like an outward push, which means it's just going to take like it, it takes time, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. I I listen to Payday. What is it? Payday 70. There's a number. Payday 71. Yeah, right. Payday 71. I love that song. But why is it? What, what was the 71 about? I was wondering. <laughs> 71 is the uh 71 is the gender wage gap proportion so like women get 71 cents on the dollar that um, that like uh, their male counterpart makes uh, for doing the exact same job so i uh, gotcha that lead, so that was, that's good because that was going to lead me i had another question about how like you're known as kind of like a feminist rapper right I am a feminist. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much I'm known as a feminist rapper, um, because, I mean, in in Atlanta, that sort of like social consciousness isn't as prevalent as as it is in like you know New York or Toronto. Yeah, New York or Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, but and and I really do believe that. Um, like, so I I think that. As artists, we have um, maybe not an obligation, but I at least feel compelled to use my platform for like for good, um, and at least at least don't make the world a worse place. But again, keeping in mind attention spans and the way that the world works, it's like when you're sort of force feeding someone your views, and it starts to sound like preaching, you know, people just tune out. That's true, man. And, for sure. So you so you gotta be uh, you have to find ways of at least me I guess I have to find ways of putting the depth in there in a way that doesn't turn my music into sort of like you know political rap like the 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 dominant feel the first thing that anyone should be able to feel or hear is that yo this is dope shit. This makes me want to move. This makes me want to have fun. This is dope. This is just dope music. And then when you, if, and then now for the people who are paying attention to lyrics, then they get a whole, you know, extra experience from my music, which is dope. Um, but I don't know at this point in time how many people know about that just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I feel you. Like when you first listen to a song, it's all right. All right. Does it get my head nodding like up and down? Am I bouncing a little bit? But, there you go. But for, there you go. for me, like, I've always loved rap my whole life, you know, back to Tupac and, you know, Easy Biggie and stuff. But I, um, I've i always listened to the lyrics, you know. I That's the biggest thing I look for. Like, the Lil Wayne mi- new, newest mixtape. Did you listen to that yet? No, I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. It's amazing. It's really funny because... I've, heard, I've only heard good things so far, yeah. Dude, it's it's like old little Wayne. Like the metaphors that he comes up with are amazing. I don't know if you like. Got it. Do you listen it. to the lyrics oh, yeah, yeah. Of and stuff? Of course, I remember. I, yeah, when when Wayne was on top, it was like that, huh? 
Oh, for sure, man. It brought me back. It was great. This song, Fly Away, at the end, the last half, he just goes crazy on it. And that's what I look for. I love hearing, like, the the uh, message that they're trying to put out instead of, you know, just listening to the beat. But I'll do that sometimes, too, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Who well, really? It's definitely, it's definitely a north. It's definitely like like New York. I mean, New York started it obviously, and like in the northeast, include. And when I say northeast, it sort of includes Toronto, like the, those like you know Boston, uh, Philly, New York type cities. There's definitely a more uh, uh, an appreciation for bars, in a way that there's not. You know what I mean? And like, like I and I guess Joe Budden is the stereotype of you know, bars is what matters and bars is what rap is, but the reality. So, and so what Atlanta taught me, cause Atlanta definitely upgraded my music is that it's like the music part has got to be good. The music part, cause everyone hears the music. Not everyone is paying attention to the bars. The music part has got to be good. And just being in Atlanta sort of um, like I absorbed melody and melody is, is specifically what it comes down to that, that what atlanta has just like the melodic rap the catchy flows the melodic flows so because i couldn't do anything with melody before like before all my own music we would need to either trick the fuck out of my vocals or bring or try to bring in a singer who i would never be satisfied with and you know there's a lot of songs that are just that were sitting there with an empty hook and mm-hmm. ver- and my verses but atlanta just i just figured it out picked it up it just happened um but yeah so why do you think that I'm, happened like what, what what switched where you just figured it out that, uh, something in particular i don't know so dj outlaw said atlanta just gave you that soul that's that's what dj outlaw the first one to play my music that's what he said he's like atlanta gave you that soul and like he was probably the first person outside of the team that heard the new wave of music i made in atlanta which is like probably going back about a year so and the only song we've released all the way out is just text um and when you heard that he's like oh shit atlanta gave you that soul <laughs> so I, the only thing i could say i think someone's asked me this question before and i can't i like i know that there's not a answer like one plus one is two and here's two yeah, but yeah. i think i think the closest thing is that so I, I was never as like uh, righteous or adamant as like Joe Budden is about, oh, like lyrics matter, all this other shit is trash. But I did only really enjoy music that had bars. And now it still needed to have a good beat, but it's like, you know, it's like, who are you listening to? Uh, Kendrick. Can you name anyone other than Kendrick? It's like, well, we might be here for a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's how it was for a little while. So, but then what Atlanta did is that being in Atlanta gave me an appreciation for the lyrics that were there in like, in, in all in Atlanta music. So when you listen to Lucci or Migos or Future or, you know, any, any Atlanta rapper that in that a Joe Budden type just assumes is saying nothing there, they are saying something. There is value there. There is like. Uh, there is game there. You could be learning about the streets. There is something there. Now, it may not be as, you know, intellectual as Talib Kweli, most deaf, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But but there is something there that I didn't appreciate beforehand that maybe that appreciation just made something click in my head. It's like, all right, well, let's, let's just try it out. Yeah. Uh, is, um... I, that, that, that's the best. That's the best 
you know, example, like or best uh, explanation I can give. No, I feel you. Like once you got into it, you you appreciated a lot more. Um, yeah, right. To, to to the point of like you you start you know I start playing with melodies when I'm you know making music now. So I see you're thinking differently now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like mumble rap, what do you think about how that whole movement has happened and now like every it feels like and anyone's just putting out a song if it's catchy it's getting big so mumble rap i guess um so like if mumble rap is the definition of this like melodic rap where people aren't clear because like yeah the lack of clarity in rap that's to me that's like you know like i can't i can't understand i can't understand a lot of what wu-tang is saying i still (laughs) love that shit Right. Yeah. Or bone thugs. I don't understand shit. I, like if I can hear, if I can make out four words in a row of a bone thug song, <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, they start. Yeah. Twista. They were, they were mumbling too. Twista. Yeah. Twista. I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean like there's very few rappers where I can understand like the clarity and more power to them. I mean, that's dope shit. That's like, you know, I understand Kanye. I understand, you know, I understand Tupac's words. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's so mumble rap is like I guess there's a bit of hypocrisy in mumble rap because it's always been a lack of clarity. But so all right, but all right, let's let's be real. Mumble rap's talking about this sort of like Atlanta Southern melodic, um, you know, turn up music. It's like trap. It's like it's 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 yeah. It's it's the it melodic. is trap. It's the same thing. So, so trap music, I guess the definition of trap, the practical definition, like the real life definition. So trap means it's like, it's like, you know, gutter music, it's, it's street music. It's, it's music is being made in the trap that, yeah, it, it, this more modern beat making that's producers like, um, Metro and Zaytoven and Sunny Digital and these guys and the content would be trap, right? Like the content would be like you're rapping about being in the trap. So now I'm considered, I'm like, my music is all classified as trap. So like, you know, wherever there's classifications, you know, the bloggers, the, you know, I, well, I guess in iTunes, my team probably decides that, but, but whatever is people like classify me as, as trap music, where there's like, I'm not, I'm not like slanging. I'm not like, uh, I'm not making street money like that, so that's not the content of my music. Uh, so it, I don't know. So so with trap music, you'll have to like you know. It's it's you remember remember like several years ago, people would argue about like hip hop versus rap. Yeah, now it's the so same. It, hip hop so and rap are the same, and now it's them versus mumble rap. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So now it's exactly. So now our mumble rap is sort of like when people would be and and myself too. I remember like. I was still a kid, like, I can't remember how old, like, high school or something like that, but, like, when people were criticizing um, Wayne and Cash Money, bling, the bling bling era. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, they're really rapping about nothing. And I was on the, you know, complaining side of it, too. I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, Nas is real. This is, you know. Yeah. But, but the same way that when I got to Atlanta, I'm like, wait a minute, no, they are saying something here. It's just, we weren't getting it. Yeah, it's always going to be like, there's always going to be someone out there that's causing controversy that someone's going to complain about. (laughs) Sort of, sort of, sort of, yeah. And and then to me, the sentiment is like, well, yeah, to me, the the overall sentiment 
is just there's always something better to be doing than complaining. So to <laughs> me, it's like so I can't really now like now Joe Budden. That's great for him. Now he he made it off of like he remade it. Now he's bigger as a whatever you know like uh, a media personality than he was as a rapper. So it made it for him. But for me, it's just like this is just not even. Uh, a conversation that my mind would naturally like enter anymore, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Was so, that, yeah. So, so, did you have another point you wanted to make? No, no, no. That's that that that's all I got for 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 mumble rap and for <laughs> for trap music. Yeah. Um. Who inspired you growing up? You mentioned Nas, and have you been listening to hip hop your whole life, or like? Yeah, yeah, widespread? yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um. Uh. As far as artists go, Tupac would definitely be the artist that um, had the most profound impact on me because there was more there than just music. There was something like, you know, he represented something that was like, you know, he represented the underdog. There was something political there. Um, he said what he uh, wanted to say. That Tupac's my number one, too, because he just... He he had the you could feel the emotion through every word that he says you know he 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 really felt everything it was like old Eminem too same kind of thing it was it was awesome that's a good way yeah. of putting it and that's actually a good comparison that I never heard before like like that that rawness that that like authenticity you're right so now like for me Eminem I couldn't I can't relate to Eminem the same way that like you can or like a lot of people can mm -hmm. but you're right in that that rawness there is something very like very dope very like uh magnetic about that you know yeah. so that, that's that's a good comparison it's some but, kind um, of different level you know it's like it's like yeah, wow i'm version. feeling exactly. this right now like this exactly. is speaking yes. to me and that's yes. i'm sure like that's what every artist's goal is at some point right they want you to feel it yes 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 you definitely want and that and and that's actually when you're in the zone when you're in the zone like there, there's times where like i'm writing and i'm like yes you know you're creating something that's going to touch the listener in a, in a different way you know yeah um so yeah so that so Pac growing up but then i guess other than other than Pac, um i had a little phase like when uh george bush was the president well not a phase actually but like where immortal technique and dead prez were my favorite artists i don't know if, if you know who they are it's like oh, political yeah. rap dance with the devil immortal technique was uh, everything right. when i was in high school yeah right exactly exactly so so now as far as bars go and like the the value to me like i mean there might still be no one that i would say is like all right lyrically he did more good for the world than anyone there might it might still be immortal technique but um uh just you know like they're going for something very specific they're like they are that is political rap that is conscious rap whatever you want to call it that's like firmly in in that lane and it's the lane that i'm in is a different lane you know what i mean yeah you don't so, you don't like think of yourself as a conscious rapper or um a political rapper no no even though that's what i even, even though that's the shit that i i absolutely value that the most like what's the artist that i respect the most it would definitely be the one who's devoted his art to um a, like a meaningful cause you know what i mean but yeah. what do i naturally like what does what do i process as enjoyable 
is mu- like his music where like the music is the first part that I my brain absorbs now, you know? Yeah, I feel you. So so and now you n- and you never know how you're gonna evolve too. Like you, may, I'm sure like I I've noticed it with pretty much every rapper. Like they go through t- changes and they they think different stuff's going on in their lives and they change their lyrics up and switch up their style. Like Drake does it constantly. For sure, for yeah. sure. And there's a, there's a strategic component component to that, and there's sort of just like the natural like you know you embody your surroundings component to that. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, but uh, in terms of other influences, um, I would say that um, even though I, I, like, I think they were like all these guys were dead by the time that I was born, but like Malcolm X and, and Gandhi um, mm-hmm. were other like big, um, I guess you could say inspiration, like, like, you know, these were, these are figures that I looked up to. Um, and then musically, like today, I guess, I mean, Kendrick's definitely up there. Like, I mean, Ken- Kendrick's got it. Um, yeah, for sure. Then, right, right now, yeah. there's no one bigger than Kendrick, for sure. I mean, maybe you could argue you could argue that Drake's bigger in terms of fan base, and maybe even still, maybe Kanye's still got a bigger fan base. But like producing like relevant, meaningful music. I mean, Kendrick, like, yeah, there, it, it, it's it's if you if if back in the day you considered. Tupac and Biggie like on another level than every other rapper than yeah right now it's like you know Kendrick's there yeah Drake's there too but he he appeals to Kendrick appeals to a wide range but Drake is pretty much everyone like my parents know his songs you know like it's yes yes exactly exactly and I'm I'm sure is that like are you trying to appeal to a niche or are you trying to get everyone everyone going um I guess I don't have that thought in my head when I'm making music. I don't have that thought in my head. Like, well, what, who am I trying to, uh, appeal to appeal to? Yeah. Right. Right. Which, I mean, that is a strategy. Like, again, as long as everything you're making is dope, then, you know, you could think about, you can have that thought, in terms of like the order, like, all right, what song do I want? What I want to release first. But for me, this is not something that enters my mind um, in terms of who am I trying to appeal to? Um, I know that like, I guess lyrically, if I had to answer like, who, who do I want to hear this music? It's like, I guess there's a few different people that I think can be like relatively uh, there's more that certain people can gain from my music. And I think that like one of them, so I come from like, my parents are like immigrants to Canada. Um, So then, you know, part of that immigrant uh, upbringing is like that. It's sort of like survival instinct. So it's like, all right, work hard, get a, get a job like be a doctor lawyer engineer type like play it safe um and then valuing like the value of like happiness or or you could say the value of like pursuing your dreams it's not even something that like it's definitely something encouraged but i think it's something that doesn't really enter that people who 
have that line of thinking. It doesn't even enter their consciousness, right? No, yeah, oh, for sure, man. That's pretty much, uh, I feel the same exact way. If you listen to our old episodes, we've talked about stuff like that, how just 99% of people are just happy being content, which they, and they haven't really even assessed what would make them happy. Right, 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 right. And and that world, if you if you can stay in that world, like I do think that maybe maybe ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. because you they, like, you know, it's the, the realization that, wait a minute, I can do my own thing and it might be harder and it will definitely be riskier. But maybe this will be, you know, joy that I mean, I think that there's people who their their brain has not opened up to that thinking. And there might be people who's it's 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 almost incapable. They'd almost be incapable of it, right? Or would need a lot of work to open someone up to have that thought. But mm-hmm. and but this is the previous generation I'm talking about. Yeah. So for, for sure. today, I think there's a lot of people um, who come from that same, you know, type of family or that same type of upbringing. That hearing my music and hearing about my story or whatever it is can open them up to like pursuing their own dreams so i think that's someone where there's like all right it would be like it doesn't matter to me what the order is how i blow up how all this is happening i am enjoying it all in you know whatever way this works out i'm gonna enjoy the the process but if i could choose or or i I guess i could answer the question saying the people who have extra value to gain from my music are like that's one you know subset of the population and another one would be i i think that we have like a sort of i think i touched on this earlier but like not a responsibility but i think that we should as like artists and you know entertainers or whatever use our platforms for good so in me as like a male i feel that we have responsibility is not the right word but it's on us obligation yeah, some, some like we have the ability to talk to other men about the injustices in our society, like with regards to sexism and what women have to deal with every day in a way that like it's easier to hear another man explain this shit because you're not going to have this notion that, well, it's just complaining the same way that like mm-hmm. a white guy can talk to white people about racism a lot more profoundly like same way like you know bernie sanders does a good job of this and he'll explain you know racism in his you know white brain <laughs> Lingo. <and his> white <laughs> words yeah in a way that lands a lot better than when you know we do it because sort of subconsciously the the, the listener the white listener is going to be like well shit this is guilt tripping me they're just talking they're making excuses blah 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 so the same way there's like when, when a male is saying this, there, you can't, there's none of that. There's none of that shit. This is just real talk. So yeah. that, so, so that is another um, population that is like, okay, well, there's value. There's extra value in them hearing my shit first because they can, this, this might be able to like get in their brain and then realize, oh shit, you know, like women do get paid less money for doing the exact same shit. That's not like, there's something wrong there, you know? Yeah, I hear you. What is your background like, and how did your background affect your music and your art? Um, so both my parents are from India. Um, so like I'm a, both my parents are like Muslims from India. I don't believe, like I believe in like karma. I believe in like 
you know, good vibes and bad vibes. I'm not a follower of like any organized religion like like that, right? Like, you know, Same sins and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, being, a, you know, being a Muslim, like having a Muslim name when you're at the airport or you get stopped by authorities, I mean, that definitely makes life worse, you know, like, like life is definitely harder like that. Ah, you've, then, you've run into that a few times. Oh, I, pretty much like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like right now, especially with this Donald Trump shit going on, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah life is definitely, uh, there's an impact there for sure, for sure. Um, so, so now, but now earlier in life that I guess where I grew up, I grew up in like, you know, a part of Toronto that was real poor and real, you know, like a real grimy part of Toronto when I was there, like pre-gentrification, shout out Parkdale. Um, (laughs) and, uh, religion wasn't such a big thing there. I think, I think it was, I think it was, it's like, especially right now with this Donald Trump shit, but I guess maybe like, um, I guess like during the George Bush days also, like there was this like extra anger towards Muslims and Islam, but like, yeah, of, you know, being a person, being a person of color though, there was always a little bit like, you know, like I've been dealing with police since, you know, high school on, you know, bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. So these experiences definitely impacted me and my music um, because there's like this uh, lasting, I guess, like empathy for like the underdog. And like, I always sort of, I'll probably always sort of consider myself the underdog to a certain extent, even now, like with all the success I'm experiencing and, you know, people, people who see me from afar, they're like, dog, you're popping, you're blowing up, you've made it, what's up? Like it's, mm-hmm. but, and, and I totally like, it, it <laughs> takes me a second even now to like realize that, oh yeah, that's what it is. That like, this is what it is. Cause Ellis in Toronto says like success, at least in the rap game, but maybe in entertainment in general is success is like this phenomenon that by the time you've gotten there, it took so much work and so many small steps to get there that you don't even realize you've achieved it or you've attained it. And that's definitely true. Cause from the outside, it's like, well, Shaw, you, you made it, you're popping, you're blowing up. Yo, you got Atlanta on lock. Like the whole country's going to know about you. 2018 is going to be the thing. And yet these are all sure, These are all facts. Or I, I, I agree with all these things, but my mentality is still that of like the underdog, like, you know, you're the, not satisfied. The, you still hungry, still hungry. The odds are against me. And then that makes me, you know, relate to the underdog more. Um, so that's how my upbringing and like my, I guess, culture impacts the, the message of the music. And then I guess the other thing is that like being the non traditional rapper, like meaning like, you know, parents being from India, parents being from a different culture. And then also just Toronto being a, like, uh, incredibly multicultural. It gives you an appreciation for all sorts of culture, like internationally, globally. And then that's a weapon that I can use musically. Cause I have this, I have like the entire world. Like I, my ears are open to the entire world in a way where it's not normal for like, American rap, you know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, I guess um your parents are cool with you not being Muslim or Islam. Um yeah, I mean I don't like I don't think they're really too religious. Um, okay. They're not really too religious like that, and um, uh, yeah, no, that that wasn't that's not really uh like I'll joke to them about like you know like you really think you're going oh hey. Did you accidentally eat some some pork? You think you're, are you going to go to hell for this? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, same thing so, with every religion. You know, like there's all these rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They so you got to live in fear. If if you break a rule, you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 And and I kind of get like, okay, maybe two thousand years ago they needed to say these things. Maybe it was for the better of society at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah, there but must now, have been a lot of killing and stuff going on, maybe. Yeah, there's some shit, or like, you know, like back, like, I remember there is something about pork where, like, if you leave it out, it can develop uh, a bacteria that mm-hmm. is much more deadly than what can happen in chicken or beef, like, in a short amount of time. So maybe two or 3,000 years ago, whenever it was, um, they're like, oh, yeah, don't eat pork. This God is saying don't eat pork. And maybe the intentions were were, were were right, you know? Yeah, but people now, were getting like, sick or something. So yeah, like, exactly. Get rid of this. In this day and age, I mean, like, look how many, look, I mean, look at politics. Look at, like, American politics. Look at the influence of this, what do you call it, the evangelical, like, like, look at their influence. Like, this, is, this is bad news, you know what I mean? So if we can strip all the bad out of religion, sure, believe in what you want. Like, that's, like... You know, I, I, I think there's studies out there saying religious people are, are healthier or they have more peace of mind or some shit like that. They're less depressed. Yeah. So whatever, there's there's good shit. Believe in whatever it is you want. But if we could strip away like the, the bad of it, then that would be ideal. Yeah. I mean, religion is spirituality in general, I would think. Anyone who's spiritual, I would say, is you're religious. Every religion, the base of it's the same thing, you know, like behave and like don't hurt people and stuff like that like right and right <laughs> so and there is good there there's good intentions there's good there but but yeah um I so no you. i didn't i i haven't faced any repercussions for the lack of religious from lack of being religious from, from from anyone all right i got hold on i got a couple more questions how do you have a little more time yeah man yeah all right we're cool. good um did was there a point where you were within the last i guess year or two where you um like your life changed in a sudden way like what were you doing before you were rapping for money um i did a lot of school Hmm. which i (laughs) everyone on my team says don't say this in interviews but like i recommend to kids don't like so my biggest regret is doing all the school i did i was a smart person uh, I was a smart kid. My parents had moved out of the hood by the time I was um, done high school. Mm. So there was no like um, – there was no real like – Urgency there was no, to get yeah, out? Yeah, there, no, there was no real like, like oh, I need, I need to make it out or, or how I'm going to make it out the way like you know, your typical rap story. Like I was – I, I I had, you know, I was dealing with shit from the police and all that. But by the end of high school, it was like um, I could have pursued whatever path I wanted to. But on some play it safe shit and whatever, it's like, all right, let's let's do school. And then I and I was a smart guy. So I just excelled and I did all that shit. But then, you know, it 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 
like I, I don't actively regret it. Like, oh, I, I, I'm sitting here and I, I really regret it. But if you, if someone were to ask me, what's your biggest regret? It's like, okay, well, I could have gotten to this point faster and I just wish I hadn't done school. And I do say to kids that school is not a good place to wander. So, cause they sort of like default, it's like, well, after high school, you go to college. If you got the dough and, you know, if you got the dough and you're in a community and family where, sort of this is under like the value of education is understood then that's just the default thing you just go to college the same way that you go to high school after elementary school but i don't think that's a good use of time i think that um if you want to do something that requires school so you want to be a doctor you want to be a lawyer you want to you you want to do something that can only be attained with degrees that you need from school sure go do that shit if you're sure that's what you want to do but otherwise I mean, uh, I, I say, don't mm -hmm. like, yeah, don't go to school, have some fun, figure out what you want to do. And then, you know, if that means that, yeah, yeah, I just, I just want to be a teacher, then go do that. You know? Yeah. I feel you the same exact way. I think we grew up in really similar households where, um, I pretty much just went to college because I was, I knew everyone wanted me to go and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, default you know go to college and yeah like was it even a was it even a thought for you like to to, to not go to school no it wasn't even a thought exactly. it's like this is what happens exactly. i'm part right. of the machine this <laughs> there you go this this is what happens and now you look at people like in debt like they are in deep deep debt i know like i i know people who are like you know 240 g's in debt 400 g's in debt yeah. from school you know yeah student loans kill you man it's it's so, nuts. it's just it's robbery right 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 <laughs> And so, you could learn then, everything on Google. <laughs> I mean, so much of this shit, so much. And all right, you want to be a surgeon? Okay, you need, you know, you need like yeah. uh, degrees that can only be attained there. But, but so much of this shit can be learned. So, I mean, that, that that's another thing actually that I wish I had done earlier was because the music industry, like, it's just you just accept that a lot of these things are secret. But, um, if you dig. And you dig, you can find value on the internet for how things are done. Now, you know, like, because if you just do a very superficial, basic search of, you know, how to make it in the music industry, you're not really going to find a lot of value. Like, that's going to be pretty basic shit that is going to run its course very quickly. Um, and it's not really going to get you anywhere. But if you dig deep enough, then you will find specific information on touring or radio promoters or, you know, um, PR and publicity. So on, mm -hmm. uh, on social media. Now we live in a era of music where shit is moving real fast and shit is changing. Like, I, I feel like from like the 70s, like for, up until like maybe early two thousands shit had changed at a level of like, you know, every few decades was a, a revolution. And now it's like, like every two years, you know, like SEO, I feel like doesn't matter, you know, um, what a is lot it? like SEO, S S SEO, like uh, search engine optimization, like putting keywords into your website. So that people go to your, web even, even websites don't really matter. You have an Instagram account that pops. That's your ticket, you know? Oh yeah. You make, you make it on one platform. You're going to make it on all of them. They'll follow you everywhere you go. They're followers. Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> So, so what that, the, what that means is that the knowledge that was there two or three years ago, okay, perfect example, perfect example is blogs at one point 
became the probably the one most important or influential like gatekeeper in music. So, you know, it used to be whoever it was like, you know, in the past, whoever it was that was like the if you could get them, you're good. Um, and maybe it was just a record label. Who knows? But then blogs became super influential, like, I guess, right before I got into the game. And yeah, right before I got into the game, like blogs are still important. Blogs now don't mean shit. Like it's, it's a great thing to have. It's a great cosign to have. But if you have a great blog coverage, like real blog coverage, then, and you don't do anything else, it's not going to do much for you. Um, and I, and I don't know if this is a reason for that, but like now real meaningful blog coverage, like what would make a difference, all that shit's paid for, you know, like this is it's basically just advertising and it's got to be done very strategic so that there's enough point of references that someone who sees the new name is being bombarded by it. So their brain processes that as a celebrity, you know? Yeah, man. Do you watch any uh, vlogs with a V at all? Uh, uh, I don't really watch vlog. I'll, like, I'll watch some like Gary Vayner type shit if it's like short enough here and there. <laughs> um, I'll send I'll send that stuff to other people on my team. I'll be like, yo, 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 you got to watch this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gary um, V is the man. I think so. I think so. I think that he's got he I mean, he speaks to uh, a wide range of people who are doing it on their own, you know? Yeah, and he tells you exactly how to do it too, like either vlogs, podcasts, music, whatever way you communicate the best, audio, visual, and go for it. He just He does tell you a lot of specific things, which is dope. Yeah, he'll tell you a lot of like he'll 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 spit a lot of like uh meaningful game. Like he'll tell you about like, you know, I for 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 years now I've had an appreciation for um audio, like audio only media in terms of its efficiency, meaning like you can be driving and doing a Spanish lesson, or you could be in the shower and doing this thing, right? Yeah. And I always wondered why didn't this catch on, but then, you know, Gary B, that's one of his things that right now he's like, all right, audio for that exact reason, for the efficiency. So it's like, he's giving you that precise game, you know? Yeah. Now, he does say some, some generic things that are, you know, like, uh, well, what do you do with that information? But way less... He's giving you way more precision, way more real game than like, I think any of these other like uh, entrepreneurial motivation type people, you know? Yeah, they all sell. They all want you to pay per month to get that information. And okay, okay, got it, got it. Got and he'll it. just spit it, which is why everyone really loves him and he respects him. Yeah, I guess what I'm thinking of is like, you know, people who make like some of these like TED talks, and I guess. I shouldn't criticize too heavy because, like, I am talking about like smaller clips type things. But the advantage, the the the, the uh, advice or the game that they'll give you is so mm-hmm. generic that it like it might it might motivate someone, but then it's like it's not really giving them game, you know. So shout out the ones who are really teaching game to people. That's like those are the ones that people should be following, you know. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's a good message that you're putting out there. Yep. Um, I just have like two more questions. Yeah, my man. Um, so you mentioned blogs. You were talking about how they're pretty much going down, I guess, or they're not. They're not someone's mainstream of income. But so I know you've 
had some people say on some blogs that you're New York's favorite Toronto rapper. Is, uh-huh. is that something you've heard? Yeah, yeah. That was uh so I was hearing that before I was in Atlanta like this. Um so this was like when I was in New York, like, you know, living in New York, like for so like when was the last time that this was I was hearing this heavy, maybe like I guess 2015, 2016. Um, and I mean, that was great. That was great to hear. That was, that was like whenever, you, uh, like I growing up in Toronto, which is a, it's the main city in Canada. It's a super dope city. Um, but as my, but my personality is like, I want the biggest, the most, I want instant gratification. I want the wildest shit out there. I want there to be a thousand girls and I want open bar and I want all the drugs and I want all the everything. So it's just like, all right, all roads lead that all roads lead to New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. This can only, this can only go to New York. And I like London too. And that, that's why I like, you know, my, my number two city. So then anytime that there's anything good happening from New York, there's any good buzz. It does feel a little bit special. Um, yeah, it does feel a little bit special. And and like, I guess another reason is, like I was saying before, it's so crowded in New York that when there is any respect or any like acknowledgement, it does feel good. So now I feel it a lot more like when I go there now and, you know, people recognize me and it's like, oh, dog, oh, shit, you yeah. got to pop in in Atlanta. Like that definitely feels good. But yeah, those like things like that, the what's it called? Uh, uh, he's. New York's favorite Toronto rapper. Yeah, that shit. That shit. That shit felt great. Oh yeah, God. I mean, who, I mean, uh, it's what is it? Drake. That's pretty much all. Of, I don't, yeah, I guess like... I, there, there, there's a lot of there's a huge amount of talent in Toronto. I say that after Atlanta, Toronto's got the most talent out of any city. But um, would you join OVO if he asked you? Um, that's a good question. I guess it would. Um, it would depend on the specifics of the deal, mm-hmm. but, um, not opposed to it. I'm not opposed. I guess like what I'm built for is my own lane and my own movement. And like, I'm, you know, like, what are you built for? I'm built to be like the leader of my own movement and I'm looking forward to putting people on and, you know, at some point sort of like falling maybe not all the way to the background, but being more of like the, the engine that's driving um, a, a movement. So I'm not like, you know, naturally, I don't think I'm built to be uh, put on by someone else. But yeah, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to any opportunity in life, like ever. It's like, all right, well, what are we talking about here? What, what, what are the, like, what are we what are we talking about, you know? Yeah, man, I feel you. I feel the same way. I don't say no to anything, really, unless I know it's something I don't want to do. I'm never going to. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You don't right. count count anything out until, you know, you're in that position. Right, right, right. But and but now, I mean, and it seems like you're getting there right now with with your um, the show that's getting picked up. It's like you do now get these opportunities that um, or maybe even just people hollering at you or whatever, where it's like, you can't, there's just not enough time in the day to respond to every single thing, to every single person who wants some time. You just can't even 
take the time to like hear everyone out like just because it's not big enough you know what i mean yeah no i definitely hear you i'm not i'm i don't i'm not even i don't think i'm as big as you guys are but i'm uh i know what you're saying by that yeah right and i'm sure once this show hits hits air then it'll really be uh you'll you'll really feel it and that's i mean that's just one of the things that that, that takes place but it, it you feel it a little bit more with social media and with with the value of interacting with people like directly and, and building your sort of platform and building your audience on a one-on-one basis, mm-hmm. then to start to be like, well, shit, there's not enough time in the day. If I respond to every DM I get, there's my day, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I even met you on Shaper. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Right. I mean, this was the only good thing that's come out of that. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get anything else. Out of it. I mean, it's, 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 I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I, should, I definitely, I'm not trying to trash the the app because I mean like yo you and you and me linked up. Yeah. But um they're they've got to there's like edit like sift through noise. sift through yeah. the people. Yeah, right, exactly. They they've got to figure it they've got to figure something out to like actually hone in on the connections that are there. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like, like I, that, that, I, I get um, I get so many people on there that are asking for work. You know, like they want to be interns or something, and that's just I'm I'm looking for like stuff like this where we mutually help each other out. Right. I mean, that's why this one is a win. That's why this one is 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 a, a win. Um, because especially like on so from the rapper's perspective, completely in along the lines of like building relationships, it's. You see other people who like, you know, I don't know if you consider yourself like a journalist, um, but I mean, I would. Mm -hmm. So then you come across journalists that are in the early part of their career. And, you know, some of them, some people might change careers or whatever, but the same way that I'm building, you're building, you're getting up there, you're getting up there. And then it's just a realization that, cause like, you're always chasing the big fish. So it's like, oh, I want Rolling Stone to cover me. I want this journalist to cover me, right? Yeah. But there's this realization that there's something that's uh, special about like, yo, remember yo, remember when we did this podcast? <laughs> and like I had something going on in Atlanta, but, you know, um, I hadn't even – like I hadn't signed a deal with anyone. I – like it was still the, like the good old days, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like ten years from now, when we're talking, when we're both, you know, where we want to be, and we're just like thinking, "Wow, you remember that podcast? That was ridiculous. exactly, yeah. exactly." So there's so there's something about there's something about that um, that these apps, like I mean, so Shaper, I mean, so it did good here, and they just got to figure out how to like uh, wash away all those connect. Like you're saying, people are hitting you up asking you to give them interns. To to have for a job in general, like those they'll say, oh, like, like, can I intern for you? Can I work for you? Yeah, exactly. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Because like you, okay, yeah, because like one of the things, one of my tags on there is podcasting. So I don't know. I guess they assume it's a show and they want to be an intern. Um, I'm not hiring. Got it, got <laughs> it, got it, got it. But yeah, I like going on there. I've met. I have had probably 15 guests from that app on the show. Oh shit! So it's working for you then? Oh yeah, it's just I've I get like thirty, or like no, I'll get like ten matches every day, because I'll just I'll just go through it and I'll get like ten matches and then maybe like one out of like 
15 to 20 that I'll actually go along with and pick. I'll still get those 10 matches, but then and then I'll and then I'll also get that. Um, hey, can I make your music videos? Hey, can I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do this thing for you. So I'm with you until that point, but I'm not getting. I guess I guess you have a platform that is sort of ideal for this thing because I'm not getting. I'm not meeting the 15 other people that are you know. Um, able to contribute in a meaningful way, but that's dope that that you are. I saw that that one of the interviews was with the boss of this, uh, the founder of this thing. Yeah, yeah, I met him actually when I saw Gary V in at Madison Square Garden. I met him there, and uh, yeah, we we started talking to his publicist and just ended up getting him on. We did the show live from his office in the city. He's dope, a, yeah. dope, dope. Like he he was a speaker at the Gary Vee event, or he was just in the audience with you. No, he was a speaker. Or he was on a panel. And then you're like, I use your shit, dog, and then it just <laughs> went from there. <laughs> well, before that, I had gotten in touch with his publicist through the app, and um, it just led. They were like, "All right, you want to come to the show?" And they gave us free tickets, and they were like, Fuck. "Oh, okay." So you'd already started the dialogue. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it was pretty crazy because I'm like, "Why you're giving me free tickets just because I have this podcast?" Like, I got a five thousand dollar ticket for nothing. It was awesome. Damn, is five G used to hear Gary V talk? Yeah, man. Yeah, but it was also it wasn't it wasn't just Gary V. It was Richard Branson. It was oh, so this was a big one of those. Yeah, Simon Sinek. I don't know if you know who he is, but Simon of... Sinek doesn't ring a bell. No, obviously I know Richard Branson. I didn't. I didn't know Richard Branson was on that that tour as well. Yeah, that guy's out of control. He's going in the space in like three months. Got it. Got <laughs> it. Got it. All right, man. I want to end off just um, getting your advice that you would have for any artist or entrepreneur like trying to make it by themselves. I think you'd have a good opinion on that. Like main piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, the main, the the piece of advice I used to give to artists, and this still holds true. So one piece of, for, for artists, a piece of advice is that you need to have some support somewhere in this game um, um, in order to succeed in order to succeed and like you know we were talking about russ earlier he's someone that did does all like everything he, he masters his own music that's wild so mixes masters produce raps does his own hooks blah 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 but somewhere you, you know like you're going to need a booking agent a publicist a dj you're going to like you're going to need people on your team and and it might even just be someone who's doing more like administrative type stuff but you need to have people that believe in you um to keep upgrading your situation and if you're at the point where you don't have those people who believe in you you just got to put in more work and 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 make doper art mm -hmm. make them so, make them believe yeah exactly exactly because if people i mean it could be your sales but at the same time like art when you put it out there it should be able to speak for itself so it should be able to captivate someone that you know you encounter that want that that, that gets behind you and i've been blessed that very intelligent people have have gotten behind me like one i guess i don't even think about this anymore but one um i guess sort of like handicap or one obstacle that i over that i've had to overcome was that like i have no industry knowledge i came into this game and even still 
Um, there's no one on my team. None of my real close people are from the music industry. So all of this, the knowledge, it really is sort of like, you know, these are industry secrets that we're tapping into. But reg regardless of, of what it is, it's like you need to be able to um, find the people who believe in you to move forward and just keep working on your craft until you get there. And then, and then, but then here's the advice before that. Mm -hmm. That is, um, I guess this is applies to more than just an artist, um, but anyone who's like doing their own thing. Is that if you find the lane where what you're good at uh, overlaps with what you love doing. When you find that, um, you know, like the section of that lane, like where those things overlap, whatever you're dope at, because you can be dope at horrible shit. I was dope at like, you know, school type shit. But that, but, but, but rules and authority and that sort of shit is not for me. So just being good at the thing, unless it's like a huge money maker or there's a huge payoff, you can, you know, be set. You can like sacrifice five, ten years, whatever, and then walk away with your life. Sure, that's a different path. That's not what I'm talking about. What you're good at and what you love doing so that you can go all in on it and love the process and enjoy the grind and enjoy the hustle. And even myself, I need to remind myself that of time. I need to remind myself like when I'm in like say a smaller, when I'm in smaller places and I, I'll be like in like, I just did Fayetteville, Raleigh, um, North Carolina last week. I was doing like radio and stuff out there. And there was like a moment it's like, man, like what am I doing in these small places? Like I'm like a Toronto guy mm -hmm. that's, and I love New York and now Atlanta's still a city, but why am I going? And it's like, no, 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 this shit is dope. This fucking shit is dope. I'm getting to do this. I'm in yeah. these radio stations where these are the places that have the freedom and flexibility to put on dope new artists like me. This is where artists really cut their teeth. These, this is the streets. Like I'm doing the real shit right now. Mm -hmm. And then, so, so you gotta, and, but I, I couldn't say that about like, you know, um, like doing a medical residency and being yeah. there overnight in the hospital. I couldn't, no matter what, there's nothing like, oh yeah, this shit is dope. <laughs> yeah. You don't so, have to, you get to do that stuff that you're doing. Yeah, you know? right. And, you, and you, might, you might need to remind yourself of that, but when you find that, I mean, find that, uh, find that like section of land where what you love crosses over with what you're good at, what you're naturally good at. And, 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 and as soon as you find that shit, you're now on the path to winning at life um, with winning being part of that being like happiness. I remember being at a concert, like a Lupe, Fia uh, Lupe Fiasco concert years ago. He was on stage. It was like very profound. He was like, we live in a world, and especially in the rap world, but you know, like in America, in New York for sure, mm -hmm. we live in a world where we pursue and value wealth more than we value and pursue happiness and it's like damn mm -hmm. that's that's so accurate like we're pursuing money and prestige and like shit like like you know like items mm -hmm. it's consumption you gotta that, yeah exactly that, that, that's consumption and it's like you know playing into like our insecurities and it's so that we can stunt for whatever reason 
but 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 all of that is like to achieve it it should be to achieve happiness but we've sort of gotten lost along the way so if you can reset and find that overlap where what you're good at meets what you love doing then you'll just do it you'll just do it and then learn and then like you know figure it out by tapping into the body of knowledge that already exists and you're on the path to you're on the path to winning and then then you can take the advice of like okay if you love making music and you're dope at you know producing or rapping or whatever guitar or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you still don't have that support then you know keep keep at it because then the last the last piece of advice that I would give is that like and we touched upon it a couple of times like you don't I, I wouldn't recommend making creating art for like with the intention of like who is this going who, yeah. who can I who can like how can I get the most fans no you know so yeah, so you when you that. when you and, and maybe in business that's that's a better strategy but in art when you do you then the world will come around to you now if you're doing some super niche shit like some accordion polka whatever <laughs> yeah it might oh, the world might only come around to you you know one or two or three or four times in your life but if you're real dope if you're real dope at that shit then when it does come around to you and you're ready you'll be able to get a big enough win from that that it'll sustain you so mm. so that that's the advice i have be genuine um, be real yeah it comes down to genuine it comes down to authenticity especially in 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 art because people can feel that you know oh for sure man it's a great message what um how how can we check you out like all your stuff all your social media and website yep, maybe for sure everything is day of shah so my name is shah s h a h so all the social media is day of shah d a y o f s h a h so that's instagram twitter and facebook i'm trying to get good at or i should say i'm getting better at twitter and facebook if there's anyone out there who wants to give me some lessons holler at me on Twitter and Facebook because I don't I don't know how to work these ones. Yeah. Instagram, you can find me every day on Instagram. Um, what do you mean you YouTube, don't know how to work them? Like, you don't know how to, like... I, I don't know I don't promote. know how to... Like, I kind of feel like on Twitter, I have a lot of... I have, like, you know, thousands of followers on Twitter, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like when I put shit out there on Twitter, it's not landing or... It's sort of like I'm... Like a lot of the time I'm speaking to myself or I'm speaking to like, you know, 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm not sure what it is. And I, I, I don't really, you know, care. But if there's a way to be doing this better than shit, I should know this. I'm just not invested to like figure out Twitter or, or figure out Facebook at this moment, you know? Oh, yeah. When you are ready to check it out, Gary V has a bunch of videos about how to get your stuff out there on Twitter and Facebook. It's all about the hashtags. Okay, it is about okay, okay. So hashtags, God, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you, he's like you have to always use them every time, you know. And I don't, I okay, don't use well, Twitter at all, so. No, that that explains it why, because I don't, and I know on uh, Instagram, I I know that if I don't, then someone from my team will then just like put a bunch of hashtags in the comments. So yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, that that explains that explains why my 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 Twitter's not is not slapping. Yeah, man, whatever. It's all good. I mean, 
they also say don't even don't spread yourself too thin too like if you have a exactly big, if you have a big exactly. instagram following exactly. go harder exactly. on the instagram exactly right and then youtube so like you said so there's the the, the first thing the first win that i experienced in this music game was the music video series so the music videos the series follows my career basically and it will continue to follow my career and it tells a story and it's sort of like you know a tv show series just more abstract with music videos but it began with rookie card my first single and each single that we distribute will have a music video that is the new chapter i guess of this um series and that really captivated people because it was like okay he's bringing the art form of the music video back so you can check out all those at youtube.com slash day of shah everything's day of shah um and uh spotify same thing itunes i spotify and itunes it might be just search for shah just texas the record that's out right now awesome yeah, man. awesome man it was so good talking to you i, I that was that, that was two hours but it just oh by. shit that just flew by well but no this was dope joe definitely let's be in touch man definitely, definitely let's be in touch let me know what's going on with your with the animated thing any way i can help um oh, sure. i'm down man thank you dude next time you're in new york let me know we'll, we'll meet up i'll hit you up for sure for sure i'll hit you up uh 100 i'll be there in like uh not too long so i'll i'll, I'll, let, I'll let you know i got your number two now all right man and for sure i want to check that mixtape too so you said 10 days right yeah, I'll, I'll send you that information um, as soon as that's locked in. All right, man. Thank you. All right, fam. We'll be in touch. All right. I'll talk to you, man. Peace. Peace that was Shah. <laughs> he was a cool guy. I mean, he's talked for a while. <laughs> my uh, sister and my mom are just, they don't know if I'm talking to them or if I'm talking to you guys. So they're just avoiding eye contact. But that was Shah. It was amazing, dude. Thanks for coming on. I hope to see you soon. I know you're going to blow up. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I got to go. All I want to do is see the profits. Jesus, Benjamin Franklin, Muhammad. Boy, I got that gator skin graveyard wallet. Full of their presidents. Peace be upon them. Shout out my girls that want the D, but not the DNA with it. Mama said I'm sexist, right? It's true. I admit it. But look around who isn't. This ain't right, is it? Y'all been getting less dollars per hour for a minute. Money over bad bitches. Money over actresses. Money over strippers. Picking up paper class with it. Money all over the mattress. Got money all over the Atlas. It's blasphemous. We put money over happiness. So y'all can pray. I go get it. Y'all go pray. I go print it up. I brought body bags for the dear presidents. Now baby, open up and register. See the prophets Moses, Benjamin, Franklin, Muhammad Raking in that money Ronald raking in the dollars Made off with that money Burning made off in that dollars I just bought a crib in the East Village Empty walls, need some art to put a billet Was a poor dog, I went past the limit Now all I need is another fucking crib Are you kidding? Money over
Money over actresses, money over strippers Picking up paper class with it, money all over the mattress Got money all over the Atlas, it's blasphemous We put money over happiness So y'all can pray, I go get it Y'all go pray, I go fret it up I'm dropping body bags for the dear presidents Now baby, open up and register Yeah.